Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Midweek edition of Sabres Live. Uh, beautiful outside, and I uh, hope you're enjoying where you are today with Marty. I'm Brian, and it's uh, yesterday was so different and fun. I'm sure you walked away from the show feeling that, yeah. right? Because you didn't expect a full-on hour-long tribute on your birthday, right? I did not expect it. I was doing all my research for the team of the day yesterday morning and getting ready for the Los Angeles Kings, and the group text was about the same as it always is every morning. And then all of a sudden at noon, right? Like the graphic for Sabres Live are up on our Zoom screen. And there comes JP Dumont. His face popped right on to my screen. I'm like, oh my goodness, they got JP for my birthday. And then Jean-Luc Grandpierre. And then off the air, Duffer, I forget, I forget, should have mentioned it on the air, but well, maybe did I mention it on the air? How Lukey and I used to ride our, do our RC cars? Yes, right okay. at the end of the show. Okay, well, Lukey must have been listening still when I mentioned it because about an hour later, he sends me a video. He goes, I still have mine from 1998. It still oh. runs. And he's in the sands of like a back lot and he's riding his RC car. Like the thing is flying. I'm so <laughs> jealous that I don't have mine. I was so like, ah, this thing doesn't work anymore. I threw it out or something. He still has his from 1998. What a... What a surprise text that was, but what a great, I got to say thank you to you and everybody in the control room that organized that because it was definitely a, a really nice surprise to my birthday. Yeah, and there's a long list of uh, significant hockey birthdays and local birthdays uh, today, and and yet, um, I, I part of me, as you know how I'm wired, um, Part of me feels bad that yesterday we didn't touch on the terrible news from north of the border when the Maple Leafs lost their tremendous young prospect in uh, Rodan Amarov and at age 21, uh, a little more than a year after he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And then on top of it, and just kind of like, I feel like days like this are it. it the world is telling you to talk about this because yesterday we spent all day talking and enjoying your birthday and memories. Yeah. Right. And here the Maple Leafs as a family are sitting grieving the loss of an incredibly young, talented, impressive young man at age 21, which is unfathomable and arguably one of their greatest names in franchise history at the age of age of 86, as Bobby Bond passed away yesterday. And it's, and it just, it's such a reminder isn't it of just 
everything we're able to do on a daily basis and the people that we come across in the game, you know, most people know that I worked for the Leafs. Oh boy. Uh, in, in a previous life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 2001 to 2007, one of the greatest gifts of that era, me working for Leafs TV was not unlike here in getting to know the esteemed alumni and Bobby Bond, like there are probably a handful of people in my life that I have met where I remember the first handshake. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Like Bobby Bond's hands for a guy that was not super tall, but was, you know, really well put together. Like just, <laughs> they engulfed you. <laughs> yeah, I would, wow. But on top of it, he was just such an incredible human being, like the easiest guy to talk to, the most wonderful storyteller. And all this from a player that, you know, scored an overtime cup, Stanley Cup final goal in overtime while playing on a broken ankle is legend. Um, but then, and then you just contrast that with Amaroff and the fact that he was never, you know, given that opportunity to create a legend. And it's just a tough time, right? When you kind of look at the, the big picture of life and death. Yeah. And, and listen, I, I know that there's some Sabres fans out, out there are probably thinking it's Toronto Maple Leafs. Like we hate the Leafs, but there's, also a history of the game and a human side of the game that when things happen, we got to talk about them. And obviously uh, who hasn't seen the video of Bobby Bond and getting wheeled off on a stretcher after breaking his ankle in the game six of the 64 Stanley cup finals. And then he returns later to score the overtime cup clinching goal and the Leafs won their what third in a row you said Duffer mm-hmm. before the, the show like yep. and, but but it's iconic like anybody that has had a love for the game remembers these black and white images of what it was like like we thought this guy and and let me remind you in 1964 when you had a broken ankle like that could have been the end of your career mm-hmm. I remember reading about Maurice Richard and Maurice Richard broke his ankle in his rookie campaign and he had broken his ankle before and he didn't tell the Montreal Canadiens about that because he didn't want them to fear for his career and his longevity and his toughness. And he thought they were just going to play out his contract because people in the 50s and 60s, if you had a broken ankle, you were you were almost done. Here's Bobby Bond who breaks his ankle. They probably taped this thing up like with, uh, you know, well, he said he kept it in ice for two days to get to game seven. And I'm thinking like, and he probably wasn't kidding where the, the ankle never came out of a bucket of ice, which nowadays yeah. would be frowned upon because it's like 30 minutes on 30 minutes off kind of thing. And you know but what? Back you then would it would get be the like, blisters and the, 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 the frostbites uh, all over right. your feet. But yes. no, that's, that to me is, is just amazing how, uh, he was able to, uh, uh, you know, to do that. And yeah, you're right. They, they, they did. He did score game six overtime winner. And then he played in uh, game seven, mm-hmm. um, two days later. It's yes. Amazing. As he said, you think I was going to miss the culmination moment after that? Like no chance. So no, no, no. He's like, I'm not doing that, but yeah, it's, it's just incredible. Oh, you stirred up, um, a thought there when, when speaking about uh, injuries and how devastating, not that they aren't now, but how potentially career ending they could have been. I would encourage people to read the story of Howie Morenz. And I, I don't know if you know it, like the legendary Montreal Canadian yes. player from, uh, well, he passed away in the thirties, uh, but 
for all intents and purposes, he died of a broken heart because mm-hmm. his injury was catastrophic enough that he wouldn't be able to play hockey. Yeah. And I think that if you ever want to read a story about, you know, an iconic name in the game and how much the game meant to that person, I would encourage you to read about Howie Moran's. But um, yeah. The cool it, thing about Howie Moran's is that his son-in-law was Boom Boom Joffreon and then Blake Joffreon. have such an unreal legacy, don't they? Like there's, like, a, there's, a, there's a family three here from Howie Moran's that just kept on going. And the fact that his son-in-law ended up being like Boom Boom Joffreon, it's just pretty crazy. Yeah, and you just told the story again a week ago about <laughs> yeah. Boom Boom being listed as Boom Boom on the official stats yeah, as opposed to Bernie. It was not Bernard, it was not Bernie, it was Boom Boom Joffreon. That's what people called him. <laughs> It's like if you were to put King Kong Korab on an NHL game right. sheet instead of Jerry Korab. Like you put King Kong Korab, you know, that's it. That's the way it goes. Uh, see, is this not the way graphics should appear in a telecast? What? Just like, with the nickname? Like, yes. Like if you're Alex, whatever, whatever nickname you want to pick. What's a current Sabre nickname that you love? Oh, uh, it's hard because some of the, well, <laughs> I do like TNT for Tage Thompson. I think it's very fitting. It's like a, a dynamite stick that explodes every time he shoots and Tage Thompson. There's two T's in the name. I, I mm-hmm. like that. What about Bert? Bert? Yes. Which was a, a funny tweet from our friend Sal Capaccio. He said, have you ever heard Gilbert Perot referred to as Bert? And yeah, Bert is like, that's what everybody called him. Even yeah. you talk to players that have played with Gilbert Perot and they're like, they don't call him Gilbert. They don't call him Perot or whatever. It's Bert. <laughs> like, hey, uh, you know, have you seen, uh, has Bert been in lately? What, how's right. Bert doing? Uh, what's yeah. happening? Yeah. Well, as far as the, the current Sabres are concerned, um, not a lot of activity right now as it pertains to uh, roster moves. Yes. That does, does not mean they're not contemplating future decisions. I know producer Jeff would like us to go down the Patrick Kane rabbit hole well, at least at least one more time before the month of August. Jeff, there's 14 days left in August. We got time here. Maybe <laughs> we, we might do this. No, but this is this is the beauty of like a collaborative effort of like what what's big, what's not, what's relevant in the the grand scheme of things, which is the chase for a playoff spot in this upcoming season. And, and while you can sit here and debate like, okay, is Pat Kane a good fit for the Sabres? Is Pat Kane more of a fit for the Sabres now that Jack Quinn is injured? Um, is Pat Quinn going to, or Pat Quinn, is, is Pat Kane going to be more of a fit? Um, you know, if they decide to move off of Victor Olofsson, meanwhile, Detroit is just <laughs> like, messing around with their defense core oh my through the entirety of this summer and they're the newsmakers right now in the Atlantic division right like they're, well, they're, I know we're gonna talk to Shana about this on Friday but she had a tweet yesterday saying uh adding Jeff P3 uh, makes the, the 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 Red Wings defense still uh, underwhelming like it just doesn't add anything yeah they get them for 2.3 million dollars. Uh, because the Montreal Canadiens are retaining half of Jeff Petrie's salary, mm-hmm. and the Pittsburgh Penguins were already retaining a million point five. So this is a six and a half million dollar defenseman that the the, the Red Wings are getting for two and a half million. Okay, that's fine, but you still have Ben Sherratt, Jeff Petrie, Justin Hall, Jake Wallman, 
I mean, Shane Gostas Bayer can give you some really good, you know, like fun moments. But other than Mo Sider on the back end for Detroit, there's nothing really of substance there. And it's look, they're good NHL player. But if you want a playoff team, if you want a competing team, it's not there. I will put like the Sabres top pair against anybody on the on the Detroit Red Wings right now and say that that top pair alone and the Sabres makes that uh, more attracting than than the Detroit Red Wings full decor. There is a lot of experience there. Does that not bring does that not have some added value? Or do you just not like the individual parts? I don't like the individual part part. That's one way to 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 a really, really good way to look at it is look, look, Ben Sherratt is an experienced guy. And Darren Drager on this show kept talking about Ben Sherratt, Ben Sherratt. He's going to be a good playoff commodity. Okay. Maybe if you're making a playoff run and you need like a bottom pair guy, that's going to give you some strong, maybe defensive minutes and penalty mm-hmm. kill minutes. Okay. But 82 games of Ben Sherratt, 82 games of Jeff Petrie, even though Jeff Petrie, I believe still has some good upside, but it's slowing down. You're getting those guys on the downslope of what is it been a really good career, not on the upslope. Um, you know, I so I I think it's 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 a good way to look at it is that you know they've got experience, but I feel like it's experience that's diminishing in their play and it's slow. It's slow. What do we talk about? We need speed, we need speed throughout the game, and Detroit as slow on the back end. Well, I, I mean, obviously, cider is not in that realm, and no. I don't, I don't believe Wallman would fall into that category either. Um, but I, I, I don't mean, know, Justin like Hall, like, Ben Sherratt, and Jeff P three. That doesn't a, like in, inspire speed. Okay, but they have Simon Edvinson too, and yes, I, you mentioned I, that a lot. Yes, so I mean, I really feel like Eiserman is taking the patient approach with Edvinson based on how he's now rounded out his likely group of seven um, at the NHL level. But you liked Justin Hall enough to even suggest him last year when Toronto was contemplating getting rid of him. Yes. As a Sabre, Gostas Bear had more than 40 points and ended the year with a very good team in Carolina. Um. I don't know. I'm really, as you can tell, I do not have a super strong opinion one way or the other as to whether they're good, whether they're bad, or whether they're just even improved from a year ago, which even if they're marginally better, that should, in theory, make Detroit you know, kind of in lockstep with Buffalo to keep on improving, no? Well, in Buffalo and Ottawa and trying to sneak in and be one of those teams. I get it. Now, I I mean, I was saying about Justin Hall, I would like him in Buffalo. I would like him to be what? To be a sixth defenseman and play the penalty kill, right? And then the Sabres acquired Ilya Labushkin, which is a very similar type of player, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe more physicality on the Labushkin side. And if playing at the right spot on the backhand can give you solid minutes and effective minutes. But if you have him in your top four, you're in trouble. So Justin Hall is the same way. The only thing with Justin Hall is that in Buffalo, he would have had a Darlene, a power, 
uh, a Samuelson, now a Connor Clifton, and uh, he would have had so many players ahead of him. I almost feel like the Detroit Red Wings are looking at Justin Hall as you're our number five guy. You know, like you have him as a number five, you're in trouble, right? And you have mm-hmm. Chirot and, and Petrie as number three and four. Um, I don't think that it fits the 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 ranking files that you need to follow when you have a, de- a good decor. Mm. Who's the odd? So if you have Sherratt, Gostas Bear, Hall, Wallman, Mata, Petrie, and Cider, that's seven. Who's the odd yeah. man out from that? Oh, I am going to say it would probably be. Because it's not Cider and it's not Wallman. No, and it's, it's not. not and it's not going to be Petrie. So I, no, it's not Petrie. And it's not going to be Sherratt. It's going to be Sherratt. Um, I would think that at the start of the season, they may give Gostas Bear a lot more uh, room to to perform. I think mm-hmm. Gostas Bear had a great season last year, and I think yeah. he can continue to add that aspect. I think it's Justin Hall that may be the. But he got a three year deal. That's the problem. I feel that Ghost is the only one on an expiring contract. I feel like Detroit has has really put themselves, and maybe it's a little bit of a disconnect between what Steve Eisenman has done and what the coaching staff would like to do. And then at the end of camp, you have a you know a, a meeting and this this you know moment of reaction and reflection and saying, well, I don't care if he's got a three-year deal. He's not in my top six right now. You know, like okay. the Sabres are in the same position. You're looking at the right. Sabres and who's going to be out when it's all said and done. You just acquired Eric Johnson. Is he the guy so that's going to be Carolina, out? And so is insert team here. This is, yes. uh, thank you. Thank you for landing on this because this is why it's super interesting. Do you sit it, out because- Henry Yoki, are you, who's been like, a really a top four guy and played a lot of big minutes. Do you sit out Labushkin? Who's you're like, hey, you know what? We signed him as a free agent last year, and I thought Labushkin performed well. If you got him the right spot, do you sit out Eric Johnson? Uh, is it, you know, Corey Stillman or or, or uh, Corey Stillman, Riley Stillman, the son yeah. of Corey Stillman, or Jacob Bryce? Like, there's so many guys that deserve to play but will not play in the end because it's just going to be a numbers game. Mm-hmm. So. All roads lead back to Carolina. Yes. When is Pesci being traded? Well, I and, don't know and, if they'll ever do it. <laughs> and when is Hannafin being traded from okay. Calgary? You know, like the, this is, this is, uh, first of all, before I forget, because <laughs> you mentioned Dregs and he's yes. on summer hiatus. Who was more overhyped? Ben Sherratt or the that. monster? Jonas Gustafsson back in the day. Oh. You remember when TSN? I remember when Jonas Gustafsson came in. They did like features on him and he was going to be the new up and comer and he was going to be the best goalie guy. outside of the NHL, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know what? And it I'm is? not pinning it on Dregs. I'm saying Dregs was in the unenviable position of having to talk about it all the time because of, you know, TSN helped well, perpetuate the myth of this monster. The monster. That, I remember you know the monster. I mean? He's the heir apparent to Henrik Lundqvist, right? Because he was the Swedish like king coming, the prince coming yeah. up behind the king or whatever, like taking the NHL by storm. I'll tell you this. We had this, these things happen in Buffalo over the last few years too with Jonas Johansson, right? Like the guy was good in the American League and he looked good in practice. And then in the game, there was nothing there. And this is the time of year where we're going to see 
you know, goaltenders showed up at at, at camp and there's going to be hyped with goalies and, and whatnot. Practice goalies in the summer look really good. Really good. And I'm talking to NHL goalies that they, they do everything good. They move good. They do the drills. They, 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 they're fast in their crease. But then when you start playing games, mm-hmm. they lose their feel. They lose their comfort blanket. They lose their, and Jonas Gustafsson was like that. Jonas Johansson was like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Now and in Tampa, I, I, by the way. Was that? I said now in Tampa, by the way, and has now a legitimate Tampa? shot of being the backup to uh, one of the greats. Yes, yes, absolutely. In uh, Vasilevsky in Tampa, so it may be Vasilevsky and Johansson, it may be Havlid, whatnot. But but there's a lot of people now, like youth hockey goalies, that are going to go in in their camps with their teams. Right? It's August. You're going to go back on the ice, and you're going to say, "Like I had a great summer working on the ice with my goalie coaches, and it was great." <laughs> You have to switch gear between being a goalie practice and a and now a, a a practice goalie, I should say, and a game goalie. There's a difference between summer, you know, goaltending and, and game goaltending. And I feel that, you know, this is going to be like we see videos of Devin Levi, you know, on Instagram. Look at Levi. He's 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 got like the, the practice going or whatever. That's great. How are you going to do it in in preseason games, in scrimmages? That is going to be very telling. So um, you look at, and to go back to the defense question, you look at Carolina, they have a surplus of defensemen. You look at Calgary, they don't have that much of a surplus. Noah Hannafin is one of seven right now listed on cap friendly. And I know there's probably some prospects in there. So I would say Brett Pesci would be the most likely candidate to be moved at some point, but I just don't see Carolina doing it. Carolina wants to stuck the cupboard with everything they got. They want three goalies. They want 90. They want 27 forwards. That's what they want to do. And then they'll figure it out afterwards. Well, the Flames technically would have eight because Oliver Shillington is coming back this year, thankfully. So hopefully, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really terrific news for them. Um, That could leave them with Shillington, who would come in at still one of the best bargain rates in the NHL at two and a half million um, before he took a step back and, you know, took a year off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had been a critical piece for them. You got Anderson, you got Uyghur and Tanev and Zadorov. And so it, it would be, it would be fascinating to see what they can command on the market for Noah Hannafin. But at the same time, like they're just, they're finding themselves in that, that space where so few players want to commit to them long-term. And well, if you're it, a team it, in need, Duffer, do you go, do you look at big price defensemen like Noah mm-hmm. Hannafin or Brett Pesci? Or do you look at, well, the Sabres have a surplus. We could get a Henry Yokiaru possibly, or we mm-hmm. could get a Jacob Bryson, or we could get like, there's a, there, there's two approach to it. There's a lot of names, especially on the blue line that may be available. And if you're Kevin Adams right now, you're probably following the market, right? You're like mm-hmm. everybody's cottage season, it's summer, but it's also mid-August. When most players come back into town, they're going to start their informal skates soon. They've been skating in their own ways, but they're going to start their informal skates soon. And if you're Kevin Adams, you're you're keeping tabs on who needs a defenseman, who is looking to bolster their D, who's got cap, um, not cap, draft capital that maybe or prospect capitals that we could go and acquire that mm-hmm. we can flip around at some point and go get somebody significant up front. There, that's the moment of the year for that. 
Yeah. Um, because we did tease the idea of Pat Kane once yeah. again, and before we take our first time out and then dive into our team of the day, which is the LA Kings, um, has your opinion at all changed on need, desire, appetite for not young, but still reasonably young in the grand scheme of life, Pat Kane? So my opinion has changed a lot over the last year and a half, right? It went from, oh, he'd be great here, but wait until the summer. It's not a trade deadline acquisition thing. To, now the Sabres are good now. They got a whole lot of prospects and players to take those spots. To, I think that Patrick Kane would have a a good role with this team. I just don't see it happening until the season is started. You have to give your internal players, and I'm talking about prospects and and guys that are maybe wanting to elevate their game up a little bit, a chance to take it in training camp, a chance to show what they want to do. And I'm not saying that you're blocking Yuri Kulik or you're blocking uh, Isaac Roseanne or Lucas Rusek or Linus Weisbach by bringing in Patrick Kane, because obviously the Sabres want to get better. They want to get better. And if Patrick Kane fits the mold and can have a significant uh, production with the team, you would do it anytime. But I just feel like there's such an internal competition. And Don Granado talks about competition all the time that you want to dangle that carrot up in front of everybody in training camp and say, here it is. Here it is. Go get it. Show me you want it more than the guy next to you. Danny Gare talks about it all the time when he talks about when he was a kid and he needed to show that he wanted it more than the guy down the street, that the guy in the next town over, that the guy in the next city over, the guy in the next province over. That's the the, the basic of a winner. That's the guy that your number gets retired, right? Like Danny Gare's 18 is retired here. Why? Because he had that competitive nature. And so I feel if Patrick Kane was ever to get to Buffalo in some way, shape or form, and I think Kevin Adams would like to do that at some point because Kevin always had really tremendous respect for Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Knows him since his early days in Chicago and has always had tremendous respect for him. But it wouldn't be in training camp. It would be once the season started, if there's a, a lack in something. If there's injuries also, but if there's a piece missing, then you could look into it. You want me to say something really uh, damaging to my reputation of uh, prep preparation and knowledge? No. I, well, <laughs> yes, but no. Yes. This is where we inadvertently fade to black before I can spit out how I'm going to ruin my credibility. No, I was... It wasn't, it wasn't that I'd completely forgotten, but for some reason it was a little bit, well, I, first of all, I hadn't seen it on hockey reference before. You know, when you go to individual player bi- bios and you see where they finished in voting for the awards yes. and whether they won awards, I had not seen them list NHL 100 before. Oh, okay. I've never seen that either. So it was beside Pat Kane's, you know, when they did this in 2017 to celebrate, you know, 100 years of the NHL and yes. which 100 players were at the top 100. And like, obviously, at that point, there was massive recency bias because the Hawks had just won three Stanley Cups. So Taves yes. was on it. Kane was on it. Keith was on it. Right. But it, it and again, it's not. Like, obviously, I'd kind of forgotten that he was part of it, but it makes perfect sense based on the timing of the thing. But then I dove in a little deeper <laughs> just to, okay, is is Pat Kane for sure, like, one of the 100 greatest of all time? And then, obviously, the three cups validate that, which which you knew. His playoff numbers are good, quite good. 
And then I went digging a little deeper into the playoff numbers and like, okay, I made a minimum of 60 games played in the playoffs in somebody's career. Yeah. Kane comes in basically in the top 40 ish in points per game. Not everybody's a hall of famer. The one reminder, the one great reminder is that Gilbert Perot still after all this time, even though they never won the cup, He's top 10 in Stanley Cup points per game for anybody that's played more than 60 games. And you know who else is in the top 20? Ken Linsman. Okay. It's insane how good he was for the Flyers, but they could never get past the Oilers. Yeah. And he win the whole thing, there. right? But he was such a gamer. And it was just, it was really cool. And he was a rat. That like that was literally his nickname. Like he was such a pain in the to play against right but he was so productive and i just it was fascinating just kind of going down that little rabbit hole and seeing you know where kane fits in seeing names like steve shot who's a hall of famer but then rick martin's still not in the hall of fame and i'm like well, why is that you know so just i kind of went in a million directions so as I well you know did. what's funny is you just mentioned when they did the greatest 100 players of all time mm-hmm. there was two current players that definitely were going to be on there Cindy crosby alex ovechkin Right, they were on that list in 2018. Remind we got to remember that was 2018 when they did that. Um, you're right. There was not no other current NHL players on the list other than those three Chicago Blackhawks player and Kane Taze and Duncan Keith. Why? Because they had just won the three cups and it was easy to vote for them. But mm-hmm. anybody coming close, you had guys that came close and. Uh, Chris Pronger, he had just retired. And Yarmir Yager, was he still playing or not? But he had just retired officially. But there was nobody else. I look at the list. There was nobody else that was current in the NHL at the time. Maybe Datsuk was just freshly retired. But there was nobody else but those three Chicago Blackhawks players. So, yeah, it was recently biased, obviously, to vote for them and put them in the top 100. Right, but still a compelling argument as to whether it was right, and I think most would agree it is. Uh, yeah. Remember who number 101 is and is still referred Evgeny to that Malkin. as a great hockey nickname? Evgeny Malkin. Evgeny Malkin. I love it. Like, that, that that's a great nickname. That is absolutely a great is nickname. Is it better than 98? So do you remember no. what 98 no, no, is about? No, there's no chance. There, oh, of course. Okay, of yeah. Course. If you want to say his name, you go right ahead. Well, I'm going to say hi to Jeff Holbrook, a great friend of the show. Hollywood uh, is another nickname. He had many nicknames and uh, Hollywood is definitely a character, but a lot of people know him as 98 because uh, he was always a step behind 99. <laughs> right there with him. And what a perfect segue because our team of the day, the Los Angeles. Kings. Oh yes. It's all straight ahead on Sabres live WGR sports radio, 550 and MSG. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.